Aww, yes! Time for another episode of the Comic Book Kaiju. I am your host, Trent Justin Vector. I'm here with the big largeness himself, Chris Eaton. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, sir. How are you? I am doing very well because not only am I talking to the mouth of the South, Chris Eaton, but also we have on the line, he's back. Memphis's own Mercy Daddy, Marcus Seabury. Yeah, baby. In town, anytime you feel me. Yeah. A little hustling flow. <laughs> and we are ready to go, my friends. Um, on this episode, we're going to be talking about She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, Episode 1. So if you have not seen She-Hulk, go pause the video, pause the podcast, watch it, and come back. Because we're going to be spoiling it as we do. But actually, before we do that, I got a review. Now, this is from May of 2022 on, I don't even remember what the podcast was called back then. Um, it wasn't Comic Book Kaiju, but I wanted to read it real quick. And uh, you will it will be apparent why in a second. So great. The host is enthusiastic and keeps me interested throughout the episode. Helps me better understand the movies. Oh, okay. So this is back when I was doing uh, movies on this podcast, and piques my interest in reading the comics he promotes. I heard his wife is pretty cool too, but I don't know. And that comes in from C. Vactor, uh, my wife. So she gave us a five-star review on <laughs> Apple Podcasts. So. Nepotism, baby. Nepotism. You know, it's nepotastic. I wish <laughs> Apple would tell us when we got reviews because I wouldn't have waited three months to read that. So that was uh, an Apple podcast review. And if you'd like to leave a five-star review, you can always do that in Apple podcasts or Spotify, um, as well as leaving us a comment on YouTube. And if you haven't yet, come on, click the like button and hit the subscribe. So, you know, when there's always going to be a new episode, as well as I'm doing those short form videos on YouTube. So if you want to get that content, check it out every day. I'm trying to post comic news and, character profiles so we'll get all those things um in the show notes and one more thing before we get to she-hulk don't forget our book of the month is nightwing volume one leaping into the light by tom taylor we're going to be talking about that that's our book of the month for august um so we will at one point do that so read that book come back listen to our podcast all right now now that that's all out of the way boys housekeeping house cleaning is done oh Actually, you know what? No, there is one more thing. Mr. Seabury has yes, posted his new figure alerts hey. on our Instagram. So you can head over to Instagram.com slash CBKpod. That's just Comic Book Kaiju Pod, where you will see the video form of Marcus Seabury. So those are great. Seabury, you do, you're doing a bang-up job on those, so keep them coming. And I want to throw a little asterisk. New means new purchases. Yes. Sometimes I buy old stuff. Sometimes it's some it's some retro '90s. Sometimes it's brand spanking new. But you know, come along on this journey with me, guys. Yeah, Seabury says sometimes. Sometimes I buy old. Sometimes I buy new. Wake up in the morning. <laughs> I don't know the rest. Anyways, that's <laughs> what is coming down the pipe for us. Did you just try to do a mace? <laughs> well, you could. It, that was a Vector original, right there. That was okay. Brand new. We'll put it gotcha. that way. <laughs> Off the uh, dome, as yeah. it were. Yeah. Uh, but let's get right into 
the woman of the hour, She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, Episode 1, A Normal Amount of Rage. So this is the latest Disney Plus Marvel show. Um, now, actually, I don't think I've gotten both of yours. Before we get into to She-Hulk, Mr. Eaton, I'm going to ask you first, what has been your experience with the Disney Plus stuff for Marvel? I haven't yet gotten to Miss Marvel. I really want to. I did watch Moon Knight. enjoyed it quite a bit. Like Falcon the Winter Soldier quite a bit. Um, honestly, I think that might be my favorite one that they've done oh, okay. uh, thus far. Uh, of course, I watched the uh, the Daredevil stuff before it was ever on on Disney Plus. Yes. Uh, I don't know if that's considered canon anymore, but that's that's been my favorite, I believe. Yeah, and they're coming out with that Born Again show on Disney. I'm Plus. very excited to see that. I wonder if they're going to have that as continuity from the previous Netflix show. Well, Seabury, it's the same. It's the same guy. Oh, okay, so good. It might be. Yes, Seabury. What has been your experience with the MCU uh, stuff? Uh, let me see. Um, I've liked most of them. You know, I like Hawkeye. I like WandaVision. I love the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, yo. I might need to watch Moon Knight again because I still don't know what the hell happened on that <laughs> I like, I mean, I was literally like watching episodes back to back. Like, okay, I still don't understand. I was like, I mean, I tried, but like, I literally remember two Moon Knight storylines in my life. Right. I was just like, but uh, but I mean, most stuff has been cool, you know. Um. Because it's kind of like, I guess, stepping up from like when Netflix had those series and mm-hmm. now it's like everything is unified because it's all under Big Papa Feige. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I mean, like like I said, most of um, it's been kind of like from cool to, yes, I loved it. And, you know, the one exception being Moon Knight where I was just like WTF the whole time. I was just like, all right. Okay. And I also have not shared my opinion on this podcast before. So I will say that Loki has been my favorite. WandaVision was number two. And then everything else I enjoyed but did not love. So everything else is just in the middle for me. But I forgot Loki, about the first three shows you just mentioned. I, I, I'm a bad fan. I've watched all those <laughs> too. But... Oh, yeah, yeah. I've got to say Loki, man. Loki was playing, bro. Yes. Loki was good. So in the in that tradition... When I started up She-Hulk Attorney at Law, I said, all right, this is going to be a comedy. She's going to be breaking the fourth wall. Let's see what we have in store. And, gentlemen, let's start off by just saying our, our overall thoughts. I know Mr. Eaton has a hot take, so we're going to get to him last. But I just want to say my overall thoughts. When I watched episode one, I was grinning from ear to ear. The comedy worked for me in general. And... When I was done with it, I said that's exactly what I wanted. Ally McBeal with superpowers. That's exactly what I got. So I was very pleased with this first episode of She-Hulk Attorney at Law. I still don't know what the show is going to be overall because this was just kind of like an origin for her. But um, I'm very happy with the writing so far. I think that's the strongest part of it um, to me. So before we get to Hot Take Eaton, let's get to... Memphis hot sauce seaberry. I don't even I don't even use hot sauce, but y'all go. <laughs> but uh look, man, it it was fine. 
I didn't hate it. I wasn't just like, yeah, best first episode ever. <clears throat> That's normally me though, man. Like, stick with all this origin stuff, and you know, it's a it's a very toned down, hmm. nice little origin story. Nothing like the comics, mm, but I'm like. Okay, because like her origin from the comics probably would have taken away from the comedy vibe. So I'm like, all right, cool. And I mean, like I said, it was it was cool. It was it was fine. I was happy to see Mark Ruffalo. And yeah, Bruce Banner in the hook and uh, Tatiana Maslany. She's she's a solid actor, you know. Uh, had a friend who loved Orphan Black. I never got into it, but I would see clips and I'm like, okay. She's good, you know. I it was it was cool, you know. I'm I am hopefully optimistic that my enthusiasm and excitement for episodes will go up as they ramp it up. Okay, excellent. And Mister Eaton, I've been waiting, I've been waiting and debating for oh so long <laughs> to hear this hot take. So let us have it. Okay, so I've seen a lot of criticism of this show around the internet a lot of it calling it uh, I, I believe a quote from from a in what i consider to be a disreputable source referred to it as quote unquote woke garbage i don't see that at all um however i had a few qualms with this show one i i know it's trying to be a comedy but we haven't really seen that in this universe yet mm-hmm. and so it kind of it kind of puts the pedal to the metal on the comedy like kind of straight away, which on one hand is a gutsy kind of thing to do for a new tone in this in this genre or in this space. Right. But I don't know that it sticks the landing, and here's why I say that. For me, like, yes, the actress is is fantastic. Yes, it was good to see Mark Ruffalo. The dialogue from Hulk in particular rang false to me. Just from a writing standpoint, like for example, uh, I don't for a minute believe, even if he's talking to family or friends or whatever, that Hulk or Bruce Banner, either one, is calling anybody bruh. <laughs> like I, that just that it just rang false to me, and uh, it, I don't know when you say it's an origin, it's barely that. It kind of skips over the origin. Which, I mean, it, it very quickly explains about the whole, you know, blood transfusion thing mm-hmm. or whatever. But um, it ju- I think it kind of starts kind of in the middle. Hmm. If, if, if you want an origin, and listen, I'm happy for there not to be one, because I feel like pretty much everybody gets She-Hulk, or even if they don't, probably doesn't really need an origin. It's She-Hulk, right? right? But... Um, this thing to me felt I don't I didn't feel like there was a flow mm. to it to the actual structure of the episode. Now that could be what they're going for. Uh you know, if it's if they're going for a more sitcom y type of thing. Right. Um I did like the fourth wall breaking. I'm a sucker for fourth wall breaking. Yeah. Uh much like yourself. I did I think that worked. Um I just felt like a lot of particularly Ruffalo's dialogue just fell flat for me and it took me completely out of the out of the show gotcha yeah i was seeing some stuff online of people having the up and down of the flow like you said of the show where 
they felt like it was just kind of inconsistent. Um, Seabury, did you feel any inconsistency or did you feel kind of the same tone all the way through? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess it was the same tone. Like I said, I was just like, I don't know. It was a little weird. I guess the way they had, you know, Mark Ruffalo, Bruce Banner, Slash Hook. Like, I was a little put off by, like, you straight up could have murdered her if she could. (laughs) Right. Like, like, I don't know if Bruce would do that, man. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's kind of where I was, Seabury, with it was I, I felt like this was this was like Mark Ruffalo he was he was playing the character, but not once in any movie that he's been in as Hulk has he talked like that. Hmm. Has he had that rhythm? Has he now granted he's talking to family and I know we're kind of after wartime, but like I we needed to see that somewhere else. You know, that, that, that rhythm, that sense of humor, mm-hmm. we don't really get it except for that one scene in the diner in Endgame. Mm-hmm. And even then it's not the same pace or rhythm. And I know it's a different writer, right? That makes right. sense. But I, it was just jarring for me. I wonder if that's the the direction that they're going to go in the future. Now we saw a tease and I was actually going to make a, a short TikTok on this. I'm, I may still do it, but we saw a tease for World War Hulk with the uh, the ship coming down and trying to question Banner. Who knows where that's going to lead? But right. I wonder if that's the direction they want to take him in. Like you said, in the diner scene, that's the first time we saw the smart Hulk and the merging of the personalities. I wonder, yeah, I'm just kind of curious. You know, I don't know any behind-the-scenes stuff on it, but that would be interesting if that's where they're going to take him. Um, I think... That's the same type of criticism that I saw a lot for Love and Thunder. Um, now, Seabury was on our Love and Thunder review episode. Mr. Eaton, you were not. Um, have you? Did you get the same vibe from Love and Thunder? I have not seen Love and oh, Thunder okay. yet. That actually comes out on Disney Plus on September 8th, so very soon you'll be able to I'm, see that. I'm beyond that. Yeah, let's, get, let's put a pin in that and come back to it. I don't want to you know, set any expectations for you, but... It'll be interesting to see um, how the comedy on that one lands for you of Taika Waititi versus Jessica Gao in this one. Um, Jessica Gao is the main creative force behind this show. She actually worked on Rick and Morty and um, has a lot of comedy background. So I, if she worked on Rick and Morty, I can like, it's not a direct take from mm-hmm. that, but I definitely can hear that sim- a similar rhythm. She actually uh, won an Oscar. Or I'm sorry. She won an Emmy for the Pickle Rick episode. She wrote the Pickle Rick episode. Okay. So that's okay. just a little bit of background, which I found out earlier. Which this is a week. great episode. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So, Seabury, you talked about Tatiana Maslany, and I had been wanting to watch Orphan Black, and it was one of those things that it was on my Amazon Prime um, watch list forever, for years, and I just never got around to it. So, I actually got around to watching the first couple episodes this week or right before the first episode of She-Hulk and got a little sense of her acting ability. Cause she hasn't really been in a whole lot. Orphan Black was really the, the big name thing that she's been in so far, but yeah, I thought she did a great job of translating that the lawyer uh, aspect of Jen Walters. And then, like I said, the comedy, I think 
out of all three of us, the comedy worked the most for me. And so her delivery and also the relationship between her and Mark Ruffalo Hulk and Jen Walters, um, that really rung true for me that they were a family unit. And then um, even the, the Captain America stuff, all of that kind of humanized them to me, made them like, oh, these are my friends. I'm, I'm enjoying spending time with them. And the that Captain part of- America thing did get me. <laughs> <laughs> but like, oh no, man. Like, well, no, this is even about the show. I'm mm-hmm. just concerned about the intelligence level of people these days. Y'all really just thought Steve Rogers wasn't banging. <laughs> All well, these times. I, I could see both. I was thinking about this. This was something that I had not thought about before, but the show brought it into the front of my uh, consciousness. And I said, you know, I could see it going both ways. Either, okay, after he becomes Captain America, you know, he's got the desirable look and women are going to be flocking towards him. But then I could also see him remaining celibate because, number one, for Peggy, and that's that time period that he comes from. Um, was a lot more reserved, I think. And the elements of Captain America being that Boy Scout, and that's like Superman, same thing. I could see him remaining celibate. So I guess it just depends on who's writing Captain America at the time. But yeah, you're that now, was You're that now was tuned in to uh, Captain America Sex Logistics. <laughs> Chris Eaton, Marcus Seabury, and Justin Vacker. I never had a thought. I thought, I thought he was in the game. Okay. <laughs> that's like I said, that's a valid take. I never it, thought it, either way. <laughs> and while I'm while I'm talking about people just being real unintelligent and disappointing me, all this oh Deadpool broke the fourth wall first. No, it didn't. Deadpool does not start breaking the fourth wall until Joe Kelly takes over his comic in nineteen ninety seven. That is she again breaking the fourth wall in her solo book. Written by John Byrne in 1989. Yes, so, accurate. A lot of little misconceptions out there. I'm like, I just need y'all to be better and do your Googles. <laughs> and Seabury, do you have a lot of experience with uh, the John Byrne run or even the Dan Slot run? Uh, I've got a trade collecting um, the first part of the John Byrne run. Um, I. I've kind of read parts here and there, like, like, I don't know. I was such a little, I don't know, misguided child. It was, it was just hard for me to buy a book with the woman lead. Yeah. I yeah. was, interested and I'm trying, I'm better now. But, yeah. uh, that's, but, yeah, that's a lot of like cultural influence and, and, uh, the way yeah. you were raised and also your peer group. So that's, Completely understandable, Seabury. Um, I'm actually really enjoying the current run right now that's going on by Rainbow Rowell. I bought the I, first issue. Yeah, I great, love great writer. Yeah, I love those colors and the um, the covers. I should say the colors too, but the covers oh. have been fantastic on there, and I'm I'm enjoying and the I story. I was reading the Dan Slott monthly for a while because that's like during Civil War now, right? There, right. right. It, and I was like reading that on a monthly basis for a minute, man. Then I just kind of fell off. Um, but I mean, I will say this though: 
I prefer a funny she-hook because now everyone's wild. Somebody say, hey, let's make her really savage. Let's make her a rage monster like, like you know, a cousin. And I'd be yeah. like, but why? I don't <laughs> I don't want that from her. Right. I want her to be funny and I want her to have a nice libido. Right. That's part of She Hug too. Like She Hug is sexually promiscuous. She, you know, she, she enjoys the intercourse. <laughs> like is it's she, just her. Would you and we we've seen that in the trailers too. Um there's a little bit of that coming up. I haven't I didn't get the screeners like I saw a bunch of reviewers got four episodes. Um, I didn't get that, but we saw it in the trailer that um, she will be having a, a healthy libido. But Seabury, uh, would you compare her to um, a Black Widow? Um, someone who has kind of been with everybody in the Marvel Universe? I guess. <laughs> Natasha's so discreet about it, though. You know <laughs> She hugged like messy with it, you, you know. <laughs> like, she put it out on front street, Seabury. Yeah, like, like you know, you gonna see her doing. I don't, I don't really think it should be called the walk of shame, but you gonna see her on like the morning after stroll. Oh, okay. You yeah. know, man, like going to your Walgreens. Like, hey, wait a minute, ain't that the dress you wore the night before? Yeah, shut <laughs> up. Man, you did. Yeah. You know, but but I mean, but that's part of her that's that's what makes her endearing to me hmm. and just you know the whole you know woman in the city trying yeah. to get things trying to find you know trying to balance the love and the super yeah heroic i mean that is that is what i love about she and that's what i was saying like the ally mcbeal aspect of it and i know oh. that was an influence for them as they're writing it um i'm Actually, the Dan Slott run is on my list of shame. I remember when it was coming out and everybody was talking about it and saying how good it was, but I just never got around to it. So that's one that now that I have Marvel Unlimited and you have like access to everything, it's kind of like Netflix when you're like, oh, I have access to everything. Oh, wait, now I don't know what to choose. I'm sitting there for 30 minutes trying to pick what to watch or what to read. Choice paralysis. Yes. Yes. That sounds like me on Netflix a lot of times. I'd be like, ah. Oh. But this or this and this, <laughs> this and this, I. Yeah. And I got to say the end credits, and I did do um, a TikTok and an Instagram reel on this. The end credits are fantastic. And it looks like we're going to have the same uh, company doing each end credit. But they did them in kind of like a courtroom sketch variation. That was a nice touch, yeah. And yeah. I, I like that. Also, in the episode itself, you saw the courtroom artist and they were sketching on a tablet. That's the first time I've ever seen that. Like, I didn't even think, you know, I come from, I'm sure we all do. We all come from the era of the, either the stenographers on the typewriters and then the, the artists just sketching on pen and paper. But we are now in the digital age, boys. So they're up there on their tablets. And uh, that was cool. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And to my typing teacher, Mr. Coleman, thanks for nothing. <laughs> um, I did want to say uh, before we close out, because I think, we've we've discussed the the good and the bad and and we i think we're all kind of we want to see where it goes from here um but i did really enjoy the opening line of the show is kind of what i think the show is going to try to examine like i said i don't know exactly where it's going but the first thing you hear out of jen walters is 
What is the responsibility of those with power? Those with the most power have the most to answer for. And so her getting this power now and having this responsibility, I thought she was going to say with great power comes great responsibility for a second, but I want to see where that goes. And you saw with Hulk, this is also something I I found interesting. And I turned to my wife um, when I was watching with her and I said, the way that the Hulk is with his powers, that's me. If I got superpowers, the first thing I'm doing is booking a flight to the Avengers Tower and say, all right, sign me up, boys. My wife, I think, would be more of the Jen Walters. And I have a life. I don't want to you know, lose <laughs> right. everything. I, I thought that was very interesting. Um, I don't know if, Seabury, has that ever been a, a, a storyline in the comics that you know of? Oh, oh, where I guess she hook kind of shied away from the hero. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, not that per se, but now there was a run though where they were like, "Hey, we want Jennifer Walters. We don't really want this she hook." Mm-hmm. So she would be in the courtroom and at her office at Jen Walters, who you know. But, of course, you know, trouble was still striking. She had to transform the She-Hulk. But, like, you know, they have kind of dealt with that. And, like, you know, uh, I guess how she kind of shies away from being Jen Walters or or like she kind of used to. Mm-hmm. Because, of, you know, She-Hulk's strong. She-Hulk's right. fun. She-Hulk's a party girl. <laughs> so they dealt with those elements. And mm-hmm. uh, I just want to say... Uh, about how you be if you have powers. Honestly, I would be Guy Gardner for about two months. <laughs> okay. And then, and then, and then all my church and upbringing and conscious gonna kick in. Then I'm gonna go train and try to figure it out. <laughs> you know, it reminded me of another Disney connection. Her attitude toward being a hero and everything hmm. like that. Um, the movie Moana. Yes. Maui, the Rock's character, yes. spends about the first quarter of the time that he's in the movie trying not to be in the movie. Yeah, right. And I I see that same thing with She-Hulk, yeah. uh, which is an interesting way to take it, and I'm in, eager to see where it goes. Yeah, and it's always, you know, that, that classic, the hero's journey, the call to action, yeah. like right. trying to uh, bring him in. So, yeah, I'm interested to see where it goes. But I, like I said, I think it worked for me a lot more than it worked for, for the two of you. So we'll see where it goes. Um, and that end credit sequence at the Captain America blanks, um, uh, was chef's kiss. That, that got me. <laughs> I laughed out loud yeah. when I saw that. Yeah, it was funny. And apparently every episode is going to have a in or post credits stinger. So stay, okay. stay tuned for that. And also, I'll oh, oh, go ahead. See. I just said, I'm with that, man. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, also, stay tuned to the comic book Kaiju, because not only are we going to be coming back every week and reviewing She-Hulk um, as it premieres, but also we've got our book of the month coming up, Nightwing Volume 1, Leaping Into the Light. And actually, there's a link down below if you want to get it from Amazon and you want to pick that up. Um, yeah, I'll let you do that, and then we'll come back and talk about it on our book of the month club. Don't forget to follow us. On Twitter and Instagram, CBK Pod, which is just comic book kaiju. Uh, we have our individuals. Um, I'm just Vactor everywhere, pretty much, except for on TikTok. I'm Vactor Loves Comics. Uh, but 
Mr. Eaton, where can they find you on the internet? Uh, at Chris Eaton on Twitter, at Chris Eaton on TikTok. And Marcus Seabury, not only are you on all those socials, but you're also reviewing movies for Cinesundry. And I yeah. know you just had a bullet train episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh have a movie review show called Cinesundry. I do it in association with On Location Memphis. That's an organization kind of likes to uh, highlight music and movies and things of that nature. Uh, you can watch Center Sundry on the On Location Memphis Facebook page or the On Location Memphis YouTube, YouTube channel. And yeah, like my most recent review to come out is Bullet Train. Um, also, Emily the Criminal and Beast are coming. Ah, excellent. Okay, so stay tuned. For that, my friends, um, don't forget to leave us a comment down below. Maybe what you thought about She-Hulk episode one, where you'd like to see the show go. And leave us a five-star review in Apple and Spotify. If you'd be so kind, we would greatly appreciate it. And also tell your friends that Comic Book Kaiju is here. We're having some great episodes, I think. We're on a good run right now. We just had Spawn Editor-in-Chief. Thomas Healy on the show uh, to come on and talk not only his comic book origin story, but what's going on in the Spawn universe right now. So if you ever uh, were interested or if you wanted to get into the Spawn universe, check out issue six or episode six of the comic book Kaiju for some great Thomas Healy goodness. And perhaps you'll be hearing Thomas Healy joining us on our wrestling podcast, the kickout Kaiju. Um, if anyone's interested all three of us, Marcus Seabury, Chrissy, and myself, Trent Justin Vactor, are all talking the the Lord sport, professional wrestling, on <laughs> Kick Out Kaiju. So definitely check that out. And I'd like to thank all of you for listening to the Comic Book Kaiju, where we love comics, and you should too.